when stories came into Instagram, that changed the whole, my whole game on my business on, on Instagram It changed the whole game. So it really, I think that's what's catapulted us to, from making multiple six figures into the million dollar mark was stories, honestly. Tell um, me how. So you just get really, I mean, with stories, you just think, you know how they talk about, you know, this already, the no love trust factor, building that no like trust factor. I call it no love trust. So, um, Ooh, I so like it. KLT. I like your tweak on it. <laughs> you know, that KLT factor. So, um, it just builds that KLT factor like nothing else does. Wendy Porter, ladies and gentlemen, she is my guest for today and she is talking about Instagram. So she was working full time and then while she was working full time, she started a side hustle, which you will hear about and she grew it to a lot of money really fast and she used, she did it by using Instagram. She used IG to do it all, and she's not talking about the same old be authentic, interact with other people to grow. She's giving us specifics, specific things on what she has done to grow multiple Instagram pages, one over a million, the other one a few hundred thousand. She manages a lot of Instagram pages. This girl knows what she's doing. Enjoy my interview with Miss Wendy Porter wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me, Christina. So tell me a little bit, I mean, obviously Instagram is your jam, but tell me a little bit about what you did before and how you started using Instagram to make money. Uh, yes, I was actually in corporate America prior to opening my business. I was in corporate America for 15 years. My specialty was going into struggling offices and turning them around into multi-million dollar branches. Ooh. So that's what I did prior. How to did you do that? Business. You know, I fell into that industry. It was the staffing industry. Um, I think I was like maybe 20 years old and I got a job as a recruiter and I was just like overly ambitious if there's such a thing, but I was like really, I mean, just driven to to do as much as I possibly could to get to the top. And you know how corporate America is. You have to like kind of climb up that corporate ladder. So I did that. And before I knew it, I was, you know, running three different offices and I just really like, I mean, I loved it at the time um, because it just gave me, I think just the outlet that I needed for the creativity and sales and marketing and things like that. So it was really exciting. And then I just got kind of known in the staffing industry as, someone who could, you know, turn around struggling offices. So I would, you know, be sent to different offices all over the country and, and kind of evaluate them to see what was wrong and why they weren't making money and um, just re, you know, kind of redo the entire structure if I needed to sometimes. Sometimes it required, you know, getting a whole new staff. Sometimes it required just tweaking some, you know, things around their sales and marketing strategy that they weren't doing, um, you know, well enough to turn the office around. So, that's what I did for 15 years. It was very rewarding financially, um, 
but not so much like, you know, on an emotional or spiritual level, which is what, you know, kind of led me into wanting to build my own business. Okay. So then were you working full time and then you started like side hustling? I did. Yeah. Okay. And what did that look like? So I was working full time, 10, 12 hours a day. I have, I have three kids. So, um, two dogs. So I was juggling all of that. And I decided what what happened was actually I went through cancer. And so through my journey of going through cancer, I was doing some self-discovery work and was at home recouping from two different surgeries for about four and a half months. And, um, yeah. And I just, I just thought, God, there's gotta be more to life than this prior to, you know, finding out I was, I had cancer. The whole way that I found out was because I had a, like a massive like panic attack on the freeway. And it was obviously from stress and I had to pull over and I thought I was having a heart attack. I contacted my doctor. They got me in for some tests and that's how I found out I had cancer. And so I just thought, you know what, obviously this job is stressing me out. I mean, there would be my eye would just start twitching for no reason for like weeks at a time. And I didn't realize, you know, when you're in the zone of like kind of living everyday life, you don't realize how stressed you are until you take a t- some, take some time to slow down or until something slows you down. So, um, so that's kind of what happened to me. And so I was at home for about four and a half months recouping. And I read a book by somebody called Chris Carr called Crazy Sexy Cancer Survivor. And that book kind of changed my entire perspective of how I was handling cancer. And it was through Chris Carr, who I then um, uh, fell into uh, knowing who Marie Forleo was. Mm -hmm. And I took B-School when I was home recouping from those surgeries. And it was through B-School that I really, really, you know, decided I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do this. And you know what? I, I, I had the ideas. I wrote them all down. Then I did what most of us do. I went back to work and I sat on my business idea for three more years because <gasps> I let fear and self-sabotage completely take over. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, Hold left- on. Talk to me about that because I feel like that is common and people yeah. are probably, I know people, I know listeners for a fact are in that position right now. So for three years, you, you're mm-hmm. calling it fear and you're calling it self-sabotage, but in those three years, you did not call it that. Right. Exactly. In those three years, I just called it going back to work and being busy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, that's a bullshit excuse now, but you did it at the time. Exactly. Exactly. At the time, I didn't know that's what it was, but you know, I, I just, I went back to work and just was like, no, I'm, I'm safe here. This is my safe place. You know, I'm used to this grind. I'm used to being miserable here. You know what I mean? Um, I'm used to this. So this is where I'm going to stay. It's just amazing, you know, where you will, where you'll stay out of uh, all in the name of comfort, you know, and, um, nobody wants to get out of their comfort zone. And I think that's what, what the scary part is. So, I, um, yeah, I went back to work and I was just grinding away for three more years until, you know, I just finally, like, I was so miserable that like when I would like pull up in the parking lot, I literally, my, you know, if your mind isn't going to get it, then eventually it moves into your body. And so at least that's what I think is that it moves into your body and your body feels that misery and feels that, you know, anxiety and that unhappiness, whether it's through panic attacks or getting sick or through cancer. And so once again, I was starting to have kind of health issues and I was feeling nauseous every single time that I would go into, um, you know, put pull into the parking lot, I would be like, Oh my God, my stomach hurts. It would be a knots, literally nauseous and knots and physical sickness. 
And I just thought this can't be this. You've got to do something, you know, you've got to do something about this. And I think it was for like six months where I literally was waking up every single night, like two, three o'clock in the morning with all these business ideas. And I would have to like jump up out of bed and get my journal and start writing them all down because I didn't want to forget what they were about. And, um, and I was, like, this is crazy. I'm not going to get any sleep. I was like a zombie walking around for probably six months, not getting any kind of sleep at all, maybe sleeping three hours a night because all these business ideas were just flooding me. And I just thought, you know what, this is crazy. I've got to do something. And so I just decided to start on the side. What's the worst that can happen? I was like, this, you know, you're miserable. What's the worst that can happen? If you just start on the side, you're not going to lose your job. You're going to, you know, you're going to keep your job. You're just going to start this on the side and see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, you know, I just thought, well, I'll start on the side and maybe in three to five years, I'll be able to retire. And, you know, little did I know it only take eight months before I was making six figures in my side hustle. And uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I was able to retire in eight months. So eight months later, I retired my corporate America job and haven't looked back and it's been four years. Okay. A couple of things. One, I am a big proponent of side hustling while you're working full time. Me too. And people always, again, talk about excuses. People always say, oh, I can't. I'm busy. I work full time. I have kids at home, blah, 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 blah. Okay, listen, you did it. I did it. I worked full time with kids at home with a toddler and an infant. And I still had a side hustle because it will take the stress off of you because you have that full-time income and then you have the side hustle that you're growing. So many people, they're like, oh, I'm going to go all in. And then they're Mm -hmm. too scared to spend money to invest in their business. So then they're Mm -hmm. not moving it as quickly as they could be. And then they're Mm -hmm. also stressing out about money because they're not making any money because they just started their business, which is their full-time job, not making any money. So I love, I love that you did that. Okay. So tell us what was this business and how did you turn it into six figures so quickly? Well, it was, it was a really quick side note on that. Cause I want to like say something really quick about that. Cause you're so right about that. And that's one thing that I tell my clients all the time is go into, I believe in responsible entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. If your family is dependent on your income to, you know, to make it happen, there's no reason why you can't side a, uh, start a side hustle first. And like you were saying, not to mention that, you know, it also, if you the number one thing to building a business, I believe in the very beginning stages is to have confidence in yourself. If you're stressed out about money and you don't have any way of, you know, paying your bills or you're freaking out about that because you quit your job and went into full-time entrepreneurship, how much confidence are you really going to have? You know what I mean? And that's written all over your face when you go out there and you try to get new clients. It's written all over your face. You can't possibly be confident in your business if you're constantly stressed out about how you're going to pay your bills next month, you know? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you need to, I didn't realize this at the time when I started my business, I was like, oh, there's so many free podcasts. There's so many free courses and so many free resources online that I don't need to spend any money. I'll just get it all online and I'll build this amazing business. Well, it comes to a point after doing that for a year or almost two years in my case, you need specific help. You need somebody who has been there and done that, who knows your specific situation, who knows about your specific industry, who knows about your specific current state, your goals and how you're going to get there. Like that free stuff is great, but it will only take you so far. So you need to eventually invest in somebody, take that shortcut 
And you're not going to feel comfortable investing if you're wondering where the next dollar is going to come from every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all that free stuff, really what it is, is just, I always like kind of equate it to like a puzzle piece that you're putting on the table. It's just a piece, like a piece of the puzzle, but you need somebody who's going to help you put all those pieces together. Otherwise it's just a big mess on your table and you're like, okay, I have this over there, that over there, but you have no clue how to put all those pieces together. That's a great analogy. So, That's a good yeah. one, Wendy. Okay, so now I'm dying to know the business. Now it's six figures in revenue. I like to talk about revenue and I like to talk about profit because okay. there are people in business online who are doing a million in revenue, but their expenses are also a million and they're broke. So talk so to I, me about the six figures yeah. and how you're making it and what you're keeping and what's an expense. Yeah. At this point in time, it was a one person show. So it was just myself yep. and I was spending $0 in ads because I used Instagram and I learned how to use Instagram self-taught, um, how to use Instagram for marketing and sales. And so I spent no money on ads. I had my little expenses. Like I think I had MailChimp at the time. Minor expenses. You know, like the minor expenses, maybe like, um, I think MailChimp at the time I started really, you know, with MailChimp, I started with, cause I believe my mom is from, not from this country. She's from Mexico. So she's very frugal and she watches what she spends. So she's always kind of taught me to do the same thing. So one thing I didn't want to do was I didn't want to take all my income that I was making in my full-time job and invest it all into my company. If I didn't know my company was going to be successful. So I am very frugal about how I spend money in my business. And I always have been, and just in life in general. And so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, it was the very basic expenses. So I mean, all that six figures was mine for the first year until I got an assistant who could help me with more of the tech type of things, because that's definitely not my strong suit. And so I did feel like it was time to invest into, you know, a full-time virtual assistant who could help me with the tech related things. Perfect. Love it. And then what were you doing to actually make money? What was your career? Yeah. So I'm a coach. I'm a business coach. And so I was teaching women how to build businesses and how to be, you know, how to be profitable in businesses. Also, I was teaching sales and marketing in businesses. That's kind of my specialty. That's what I did in, for 15 years in corporate America was went in and, you know, restructured their entire sales and marketing team sometimes. So that's, uh, that's what I was teaching women was how to turn a profit in their businesses. I love how you used your corporate experience to turn it into what you actually do in your own business because I find so many people like they'll say that, Oh, I help businesses grow. And I'm like, okay, what's your experience? And it's got absolutely nothing that has to do with growing businesses. Like people do it in my industry all the time. Like some people will get themselves in a couple of outlets. Then all of a sudden they're a publicity coach or (laughs) they have friends that are influencers. And then all of a sudden, like their influencer friends are saying, oh, hire this person for publicity. Like it doesn't work like that. No. So, oh, yeah. You, yeah, it's crazy. You got to be five steps ahead of the people that you're teaching. So you can't teach if you don't know, you know. Exactly. So. Exactly. And so many people also, when they want to do their own thing and they want to start their own business, and they're like, I just don't know what to do. Like they also forget. Like, well, what have you been doing for the last 10 or 15 years? You've been getting up and doing that five days a week, at least 40 hours a week, like use that because that is like, you don't just have to do it for somebody else to pay you. You can do it for yourself, tweak it. So it is something that caters to the lifestyle that you want. 
and then teach other people how to do it. Or if you don't want to teach other people, then build your own agency around it and become a consultant and have team members who help you. Like there's just so much that people can do with their corporate backgrounds. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have experience or a background in it, then like you need to learn before you actually do it or try to teach people how to do it. That's such a pet peeve of mine. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, I had had experience in corporate America, not just, you know, restructuring whole sales and marketing teams, but restructuring the entire office. I, in one office, I built from $0 in sales to over $3.5 million in sales. So I built that whole office really on my back. So I definitely know how to build offices, build businesses, do sales and marketing. So I took like all of those experiences that I had in corporate America and combined it with my passion for empowering women. And that's always been my passion since I was, uh, you know, a teenager. I can remember, you know, because sometimes when you're younger, girls can be really mean and ugly to each other. And I just never understood that. I never understood why women compete against each other and, you know, why there's even that competition. I always feel like there's enough room for all of us to succeed and make it to the finish line. So I never understood that mentality. And I've always been the woman who's always, you know, the girl, the teenager woman who's always, you know, been there for other girls or other women and, you know, really like lift them up and, you know, I'm their biggest cheerleader. And so I just, that's always been a passion of mine. And so I combine my experience in corporate America with my passion for empowering women. And that's what I built was this, you know, women's empowerment network and, and, you know, coaching business that motivates and mentors women to reach their highest potential in both business and mindset mastery. So And you used Instagram as a lead generator. Yeah, I used Instagram to really become an influencer. So I built my Instagram pages to over a million and a half women on followers on Instagram. Okay, and what is your Instagram so people can find you? So our main page is called Boss Ladies Mindset. So all one, you know, Boss Ladies with plural, Mindset. And then we have another page, another big page called crowned and the number four success. So crown number four success. Those are our two big pages, but we also have the girl gang confidential page. We also have strong women are beautiful page. So why we've so got, many? yeah, we've got quite a few different pages on Instagram. Tell me why so many, cause that's um, a lot to manage. Yeah, because, you know, luckily now we built them slowly. So our first one was Crown for Success and Boss Ladies Mindset. So those were our first two. Boss Ladies Mindset was more around mindset. Crown for Success was more about building, you know, more around business. So we kind of separated the two initially. Um, And then we built the other two just as we went along. Um, The Girl Gang Confidential and Strong Women Are Beautiful are just managed by two of our virtual assistants as well. Okay. So, um, you know, we built them just because we could. I mean, there's, you know, there's not that many. At the time when I started Instagram four and a half years ago, there really wasn't a lot of um, women type of pages that were about motivating women. There was a lot of male pages on Instagram, like, you know, a millionaire mafia type pages that were all like, you know, with mm-hmm. dark pictures and like, you know, women on cars. And then don't even, a, don't yeah, even they'd have like really, they'd have like a really motivating like quote on top of that. So it was just real tacky. I thought, and I was like, there's gotta be something for women on here. There really wasn't <laughs> a lot of pages that were catered to women. Um, and so we were like one of the first pages out, out that, that were catered to women where our colors were like more softer and, you know, more empowering for women. And we didn't have women sitting on cars and things like that. 
That's so ridiculous. I can't with those kind that kind of like marketing with these men. I can't. I cannot yeah, even. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you um, know your audience, and your audience is not that. So that's yeah, good. Um, yeah, call it the bro marketing. I think. So yes, that is what it I, is. And yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely that was all there was though four and a half years ago. That really it was it. There wasn't a lot of women pages that were catered to women business owners and. So we were, you know, taking, you know, we took advantage of that space. We saw, you know, the need for it and we started building pages around it. And, you know, all of our pages have at least, you know, 50,000 followers or more. Yeah, that's amazing. And I like that you, like you said, the first thing is I wanted to be an influencer. And that's because like people think, oh, I want to be an influencer. So people send me free shit and I can just post (laughs) pictures. Like that's not what Wendy's talking about people. She is talking about. I want to be an influencer in the sense of I want to be known as the go-to person for this. Like if Absolutely. you if you want to do something in communications, you're looking at Oprah because Oprah's an influencer. If you want to do something in online business, you're looking at Gary Vee or Marie Forleo. Like they're mm-hmm. influencers. They have built a personal brand. And that's what you want it to do on Instagram. And that's what a lot of people want to do on Instagram, but it's tough. It's hard. It is. And everybody tells you, oh, well, you just have to be your authentic self and you just need to interact with other people and then it'll just happen. Well, it's not that freaking easy. So tell us how you did it. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of strategy behind it. (laughs) You mean I just um, don't have to post pictures and be my authentic self and interact with 10 people a day and leave 10 comments and that's it? Yeah, no, it takes a lot of work. It does take a lot of work. In fact, that was kind of like, you know, I mean, it was, that was a full-time job when I first started. Obviously, I don't have to do it as much because now we have over a million followers, but, you know, it is a full-time job as far as strategy-wise and collaborations and, you know, finding other influencers who are willing to work with you. And Tell me what that looks like. Like, give me some specific specific things that you did during the process that that maybe you were like, okay, I did this and it really worked to help you grow to a million. Yeah. So what I did in the very beginning was there was a page called Boss Babe. And I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with Boss Babe. I am familiar. I just had um, the creator on the podcast and I'm a contributor to Boss Babe. Oh, perfect. Okay. So there, Natalie, I'm sure Natalie Ellis. I had Danielle, so, the co-founder. Oh, yeah, Danielle. Yeah. Okay. So back in the day, Boss Babe actually was um, founded by somebody named Alex Wolf, mm-hmm. and um, she founded Boss Babe, and she had the and they were very small at the time, and my page was pretty small. They were bigger than me, but still considered small for Instagram. And so they probably had maybe two hundred and fifty thousand followers. I think I might have had like seventy five thousand followers at the Which time. Which is still a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot, but we you know, they worked. Alex had worked her butt off to get to that point. I I was working my butt off to get to that point as well, and so Alex had released a course. Um, and you know, I thought, well, I already know this course. You know, like I knew the course already. It was kind of similar to B school, so I already knew everything that was going to be in this course. Obviously, I took away some good things from it, but you know, for the most part, I really got into the course because I knew it was her first course that she released. And I wanted to kind of rub elbows with her and mm-hmm. to kind of pick her brain a little bit more. So I did that. And I was one of her first, one of the first people who enrolled in, in, in that course, who also did that was, um, was uh, Natalie. So Natalie was in there as well. So, um, so she did that as well. One of the co-founders of Boss Babe now. Um, so she, she was in that course as well. So we all used to talk together on WhatsApp and get to know each other. So 
I got to know Alex, I got to know Natalie. And so that led into some really great collaborations with Boss Babe, one of which, you know, um, Alex, I was able to interview her. And, you know, when I interviewed her for our, one of our shows, she, you know, obviously posted it all over her social media. I posted it on mine. So that brought a lot of their followers over to me. And then we also did, um, I did a testimonial for them as well that she would use quite a bit. And so that would bring people over to me as well. And then about a year later, Natalie, um, was, I think, I can't remember what she came on as boss babe, but she thinks she might've been the vice president of boss babe or something like that. So um, she was working directly with Alex for a, probably a year, two years, I'm not sure. And so at the time, the course that they had was the one that Alex had made, but they didn't have like any mini courses. And so I, and I was making mini courses like crazy, like little $47 type of courses and selling them like hot. I mean, they were just selling like hotcakes. And so I kind of, I came to them and, th and said, you know, why don't you guys, you know, do some mini courses, I'll create them for you. You can package them up as boss babe and we can sell them that way. Split the profits 50, 50. They were totally open to that. So that's what we did for probably a year. We did that. And, um, so that was a great collaboration that really helped me grow because, you know, they were promoting it to their email list. They were selling it to their people. I was selling it to my people and we would just split the profits of those small e-courses by, you know, 50, 50. So we did that for probably about a year. And, um, that was a great collaboration for me and for them, obviously, because they, you know, at the time they weren't creating e-courses. So it kind of worked out. And then we just decided, you know, obviously I decided to kind of do go a different route. They decided to go a different route. And we 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 did a, like a meetup together in San Francisco as well with our audiences combined with our audiences. But we still talk. We're still, you know, we're still, you know, you know, talking to each other and, you know, kind of business related type of things. But we don't collaborate anymore. But that was the thing that we did for like the first two years when we started Instagram. And it worked out for both parties. And it was just, um, I mean, it was just a great collaboration. So that was one of many collaborations that I had with other people on Instagram. That's awesome. And that started because you bought a course from them and built a relationship inside that course, correct? Exactly. Okay. Awesome. I did a, an episode not too long ago. It was about an Instagram giveaway. And I talked, I went like, it was a giveaway that included um, the Kardashian-Jenner clan. I did two of them. I, I should say Disick too, because Scott Disick is in there as well. Um, but I shared a behind the scenes look at Instagram giveaways because I have found that people do them, but they don't want you to know that you're doing them. They want you to think that people are following you because they freaking love you. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're following you because they want to win some free shit. And <laughs> there is no shame in my game. So I went behind the scenes of the Instagram giveaway. This is how many followers I got. This is how many people dropped off after the giveaway ended. This was the engagement rate, the impressions, like through it all. Like I did it as an experiment so I could come back and tell my podcast listeners what happens on the inside because mm -hmm. nobody talks about it. It's like a big mm -hmm. secret, yeah. um, which is crazy. Some things went up and some things went down. Um, yes. So I think it's super helpful that you're, you're talking about what's working and what's not working. Can you give me one yeah. more example? So you teamed up with them. Um, yep. to create something and sell it. And then by default, you know, your Instagram channel gets promoted in the process. What mm -hmm. other things, um, could people do to help build their brand on Instagram? 
So back, you know, well, also back then too, the one thing what changed the game for us really, um, so that was kind of in our infancy stages where we, you know, collaborated with them and then we kind of went our separate ways and they, you know, they're, they're doing amazing. Those girls over there are doing absolutely amazing. So big shout out to them for everything that they're doing. So we just kind of went our separate ways though and kind of decided, okay, where our businesses are going in different directions. Um, and so from that point, uh, that's where really stories kind of was implemented into Instagram. When stories came into Instagram, that changed the whole my whole game on my business on, on Instagram. It changed the whole game. So it really, I think that's what's catapulted us to from making multiple six figures into the million dollar mark was stories, honestly. Tell um, me how. So you just get really, I mean, with stories, you just... You know how they talk about, you know this already, the no love trust factor, building that no like trust factor. I call it no love trust. So um, I like it. I like your tweak on it. (laughs) You know, that KLT factor. So um, it just builds that KLT factor like nothing else does. And people are so intrigued with knowing who you are, especially at this point, because I had kind of already built that influencer status. So at this point, people want to see the behind the scenes. They want to see like what you do. They want to see what I'm doing with my kids or, you know, when I'm singing in the car, you know, just silly stuff, just being my silly, authentic, crazy self. You know what I mean? Um, And so they just want to see that. And I think that that built the relationship even stronger with my audience and it built my email list like crazy. So like, and I will tell you, Right now, there is an uh, there is a um, there's a strategy right now on Instagram that literally I just tried last night for the first time. And um, let me look here. Well, as of like I just posted it, I think at midnight. This um, one of my stories I posted at midnight about an opportunity that we have, and we're I think already at like 500 emails right now collected off of that one story, like in a 12 hour period. And what did that story look like? The story, it's so simple. Honestly, it's, there's no, there's no magic to it. It honestly was one of the most simple. I posted it at midnight. I was tired. I was exhausted. (laughs) Uh, So I posted it at midnight just to kind of test it out. And it just literally like, it's already gotten like over 500 emails in like a 12 hour period. So if you are not using stories, use stories because it builds a no love trust factor a lot faster. Um, but it also is a great way to build your email list. So, you know, whether you're just, you're posting about your different programs or whatever it is that you sell, get it in the stories, get in the stories. But here's the thing. I always tell people like, don't just sell in the stories because that's not going to work. You have to no, let people know. Stop selling and everything you post. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got to let people in. You've got to let people know who you are. You've got to give them value. You've got to, you know, let them in your life a little bit behind who you are as a person. You know, you've got to let them in a little bit. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, I need to keep it, you know, business because it's a business. No, you don't. You need to, you need to let people in a little bit. People do, do people do business with people, not with businesses. They want to know who you are. Um, so that's kind of the new thing. People want to know who they're doing business with that. Those, you know, times that those times have changed where people aren't, you know, just doing business with business. They want to know who they're doing business with now. So don't be afraid to like put yourself out there and show a little bit of your quirkiness and show a little bit of who you are. 
in your stories because it really does build that no love trust factor a lot faster. Um, so that was one of the things that catapulted our business. Also, one of the strategies was stories, stories, stories. Another thing too was um, doing stories in other people's um, in other people's profiles. So back when I started doing stories, when stories first came out, or even posts, when I started doing posts with other influencers, and I would pay them to post a post for us or do a story for us, people weren't asking for, for them to put your link in your bio. All they did was do shout outs. They were called shout outs back then. So three years ago, they were just called shout outs. But people weren't saying, hey, if I give you an extra 20 bucks, you know, will you put my link in your bio and tell people to, you know, click the link in your bio to sign up for my free X, Y, Z. People weren't doing that. So I started doing that like three and a half years ago and that helped build our email list as well. Um, do it also when in the stories, if you're paying an influencer to, you know, promo a story, tell them that you want the link in the bio. Um, so those little tiny strategies and there's tons of them. I mean, I've got probably over 50 different strategies that I can tell you what to do. And I mean, simple things as simple as using a sticker, one of the Instagram stickers, like the poll sticker, the question sticker increases your engagement and has, you know, you have a really good chance of getting on the explore page when you do that video video is always one of the first things that you see on the explore page. It's hardly ever post anymore. So if you go to the top post or in the recent posts in every hashtag, you're always going to see a video at the very top. So doing videos always better than posting just a regular post. So there's tons of little things like that, that you like, if you don't know, then you don't know, you know, but there's so many different things that you can do on Instagram to boost your engagement and to build your email list. And it's absolutely free, but you got to know how to do them. So, um, and really it's trial and error. You test, 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 and you see what works, you see what doesn't work and you go from there. So when you're talking about using video, um, are you using videos in your stories? Cause like in stories you could make like graphics and Canva yeah, and put both. them up there? You do both. I do both. And yes. when do you choose to use like a video? Like, cause sometimes, you know, I'll flip through and sometimes, you know, it's a person looking at their phone and they're talking and it's boring. And then, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes maybe the graphic isn't like, it's not grabbing my attention because it's not a video. So when you use video, how do you use it strategically? And then when you use graphics, how do you use those strategically? You know, I toggle between both of them. I don't know, even know that there's anything strategic that I do with the videos. I just kind of like toggle between both. We use both. So there will be some video of me talking, but when I always suggest like if you're, if you're talking and you're doing a video yourself, make sure you're using captions in that video as well. Otherwise people lose interest when there's captions, it pulls people in. So you've got your video, you're talking about your program or you're doing, you know, you're giving value. You're also, you also need to have captions in your video too. So on every, you know, if you're putting up a two minute video, you know, it's got to have captions all the way through it just because otherwise people lose interest and we'll just kind of, you know, skim through it really quick. Um, so that's one way, that's one strategy that you do with video is you're always putting captions in there. And then if you're doing just graphics, use GIFs, GIFs, however you call them, GIFs. Is that what <laughs> yeah. <called? laughs> use GIFs, um, use GIFs, um, definitely because those pull people in more and just get people, I don't know, and use a and also use those question polls, the polls, the stickers that Instagram has. They, when you when you use the things that Instagram has, 
it kind of like it boosts you in the algorithm because they like that you're using their things. So use those. Also use the hashtag sticker. There's a hashtag sticker in there too that you can use too. Use their GIFs, use their hashtag stickers, use their um, use their polls, use their questions. Do those things because it'll pull more people in. Perfect. Do you have somewhere where I could send my listeners to get more of these? Because you have endless strategies and tips for people. Where can we send people to get more? Yeah, they can go to um, crowned, C-R-O-U-N-E-D, four, F-O-R, success, and dot com. So crownedforsuccess.com. And subscribe to our newsletter. And every single week we send you um, new tips, resources, and things around Instagram as well. Awesome. I will link to that in the show notes. Anything else you want to add that I should have asked? Oh, we kind we kind of got excited um, and, and went <laughs> on a different topic because there are all the things to talk about on Instagram. Tell me specifically what your um, what your story looked like that got the the 500 emails in just a few hours. Cause that's not something I can link to in the show notes. So what did that look like? Was that you talking to the, the no, camera? It was, it was actually just, you know, the create button on Instagram stories, the mm-hmm. create where it, like you just type on the screen. Is, yep, yep. That's all it was with, with some gifs people. It is that easy. <laughs> you had good copy. You had to have had good copy. My my landing pages are really good. <laughs> I mean, but it's true, right? Like, I mean, yeah. and you 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 talked about Marie Forleo's B school. Everybody wants to create all these different things at all these different times. Marie Forleo has been selling one thing for years, people. The mm-hmm. same damn thing every year <laughs> that keeps bringing in millions. It is not rocket science. You just got to do it no. good. Stick to stick to what works. Stick to what people always want to reinvent the wheel. Stick to what works. It's really that simple. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy. You've been amazing. Thank you, Christina. You are too. Thank you for having me. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode. And if you have not already, I would love to get that rating or review from you. Let me know what you think of the Become a Media Maven podcast. And if you have ideas for me, tweet them to me. Send me a message on Instagram. Leave something in the comments. I think Instagram, I think you should do it on Instagram. This podcast episode was about Instagram. So head to my Instagram at Christina all day. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you want to see in the future. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you around next week.